0: Uh, great to see uh, so many people that are seasonal family members, can I say that, who uh, come and join us in the, in the Highlands throughout the summer months and it's just great to, oh hey, you're back. And so that's terrific to see you here and uh, you're all part of the family and it's great to uh, yeah just see some familiar faces that we haven't seen for a little while. Uh, For those of you at home, it's great to uh, have you joining us as well. And uh, if you're new or it's your first time here, we are great that you've joined us here at Lakeside. And you know, to echo what Mark was saying, get connected, contact our office, figure out how you can get joined in. We'd love to see you belong to what's going on here. Uh, We uh, are in the middle of a series, um, as has been mentioned, the Essential Commandment. Again, for those of you that are joining us, um, we do, I do have a little handout for you. Now, we're already in week five, so if this is your first time joining us, you can uh, go back and have a look. If you're really uh, excited about what's happening, I guess you could go back and watch all the videos. They're all on our website, and then you could go back and track with everything we're talking about. But even if you're joining us just now, hopefully there's something here today. that's that's helpful in terms of, you know, just how do I love the Lord and how do I do that with all my strength. And so that's what we're doing today. So we're going to do a quick series review. We started uh, with an introduction, and that was this, that God initiates a relationship with us based on love, and we must determine how we're going to respond to that. Okay. We need to make a choice, and we spent some time trying to understand, wow, what an incredible God this is, a God who uh, over a number of times of history has continued to initiate with grace, provided uh, even uh, Jesus as a means of of grace for us, and uh, allows us to be reconnected in relationship. But you have to decide if... That's for you, and you're going to do that. And hopefully you will, and you have, or you'll consider it. And then we talked about loving God with our heart. To love God with our heart is to submit our will, seek to obey all his commands, and live under his authority. And we talked about the soul. To love God with our soul is to desire and pursue him with all of our being. And give our personality to Him to be shaped by His will, to be redeemed in the way that we were created to live. Wonderful things there to think about. And then our mind how do we love God with our mind? To love God with our minds is to be a mind transformed, accepting spiritual truth, and living in settled peace and disciplined in our thought processes. So that's where we've been so far. And uh, today we're moving on to strength. I'm going to read our passage that this is all coming from. It's in Mark chapter 12 and um, verses 29 to 31. And again, Jesus is giving a response to uh, a number of people there that are asking him, what's the greatest commandment of all of them? What's the most important? And Jesus says this in verse 29 of Mark 12. The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, there is no greater command than these. Commands singular, commands plural. So he's putting those together. You love God and you love people. If we can get that foundational idea into our lives, that's the greatest and most essential thing that we need to be thinking about and working through. So, again, today we are moving on to talk about strength. So, first of all, a bit of a definition, because each week I try and give you a bit of a sense of what, what do we mean by this idea of strength. And, again, it's important to recognize that you know, Jesus didn't just say, just love God and love others. And obviously, if we can boil it down to that. If you want a really snappy, hey, what are you about? Well, I love God, and I love others. Okay, great. But Jesus puts some more information in there, and he, and he lists these four things. And so we're trying to understand if they're there, and he says them, What 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 is he talking about there? And so that's what we're trying to understand. So really, strength, as we think about it, it's both physical and spiritual vitality. Now some of you maybe are here and it's like, okay, Steve's going to tell us we've got to go and work out and i got to become a marathon runner. Those are great things. If you want to do that, go for it. But really what we're talking about is physical and spiritual vitality. It's that energy. It's the, it's, it's, it's the fact that we have a body and sort of the spiritual aptitude to go and do the things that we're called to do. And we're going to look into that and talk about that. By way of a, an introduction, one of the things that's interesting is that we very often compartmentalize our body and sort of the spiritual part of us. And and we tend, certainly as, as Christians, we really tend to focus on the, inter- the, the internal spiritual, you know, all these spiritual disciplines. Amazing, we need to be about those things. We need to be thinking about that. We need to be... All about our character and those kind of things. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of times we don't talk a lot about, you know, are, do we, is our body in such a way, in such a shape? Are we looking after it, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of being able to do what we're called to do, right? And, and, that, and that's super important. And, and we're, we're also going to look at how does our body or our actions and how we behave uh how does that represent what we say we believe right so is our body in line with our spirit or in line with our beliefs and we talked if you go back a number of sessions we talked about the importance that beliefs come first right we need to figure out what we believe and then our behavior rolls out of that right so hopefully we're not a church where it's like okay to get in here uh you got to behave this way and do this and say that's no We want you to come and belong, be a part of what's going on here. Find out what this Bible has to say, who God is, who you are, how do you relate, how should you relate. Form some beliefs. Form some understanding. And as you do that, it's like, okay, now my life needs to represent what I believe in terms of how I behave and the things that I do. We need to align that inner and outer life. Okay? Uh, we, we accept grace, and, and, and you know, we can make that decision to become a, a believer or a Christian or a disciple, whatever term you'd like to use, um, and, and then we need to apply some effort. There, there is a part that we play, and certainly the Spirit is a part of that. But being spiritual is inclusive of our bodies. And we're going to look at what the biblical view of the body is and how it becomes the outer expression of, of our inward life with God. Okay? Our sermon in a sentence this morning is this. We love the Lord our God with our strength by focusing our energy and disciplining our bodies in a way that pleases God. Straightforward. Focusing our energy and disciplining our bodies in a way that pleases God. Okay? So two main points, and there's a lot in each one. We're going to be talking about disciplining our spirit and our body, and uh, we're going to do that, and then um, we're going to talk about our bodies as a temple, and we'll get to that in, in a few minutes. So we're going to begin with this idea that we need to discipline, and nobody likes the word discipline, right? Whether we're talking about it in terms of I need to have disciplines in my life or maybe I need some discipline because I need someone to give direction and correction or whatever. And uh, it's, it's just not something that, you know, okay, great. Yeah, I want to spend time talking about that. But we're going to. And someone once said, you, you can live with the pain of discipline and reap those rewards. Or you can live with the pain of regret because you didn't discipline yourself and now those rewards or those consequences are such. So hopefully we all determine to choose that and recognize that discipline, uh, or as I say all the time as I teach, obedience in terms of how we operate and the things we do, is good for us, right? So we accept that and, and take that on. In 1 Corinthians nine twenty four to 25, it's this idea of harnessing our bodily energy, And uh, this is what it says, do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Um, Such a way, sorry, but all run to try and get the prize, and everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. So you think about uh, if you were a track and field person or competed in sports and all the training and all the work and then... The moment comes, and you get the medal or the trophy or whatever, and where's that trophy now? And, and maybe it was a big deal, so it sits out in your house somewhere, but in most cases, the stuff that I got when I was in high school or in college or university, it's in a box somewhere, right? I, I don't know, because it's, it's, it's momentary, right? They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we train and we run the race to get a crown that will last forever. And so one of the things that's important as we think about this is the significance of this energy that we need to have because it has eternal significance. And it's for the sake of the gospel. And and, and it's important for us to recognize that harnessing our spiritual and, and bodily energy as we go and minister to our world, as we go and minister in brokenness, as we take the love of Christ and, and the truth of God's word into our world, that's a big deal. This is not a fleeting, this is people's lives, our lives. There is significant meaning to this race. If we were to look at Colossians one twenty eight to twenty nine, Paul, we might call this Paul's personal mission statement. And he says this here is here is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I, strenuous, me, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And if you were to take some time and follow the life and ministry of Paul uh, and, and recognize the capacity that this man had and what he did in Scripture, uh, it's incredible how he used his energy, his body, his spirit, he harnessed all of that to go and do ministry to people. And he did it everywhere. He traveled, we we know of at least three sort of formal missionary journeys that he took, and he was very busy and, and, you know, needed this harnessed as spirit and energy that came from the, the lord in his life to do that he labors and we all know that we need energy to do the work to do the things we need to do uh, there was self-control on his part as well and, and 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 we we have to obviously control ourselves in order to harness the energy and so that it's there and that it's then used for what god has called us to do and there's adjustment Um, certainly as we think about this idea, we're moving from, you know, I live my life or my spirit and my body is for me to, okay, this is for others or for the work and ministry of what God calls me to do. And so hopefully our motives start to shift, our motivation for that, our purpose starts to shift, just like Paul. Paul was like, I'm doing all this not to get a bigger paycheck, not to amass all kinds of of things for myself. I'm doing this for the work of of the Lord, and I'm I'm doing it, and I'm going to use my energy to do that. John Stott talked about the idea that this does not happen overnight, this idea of switching from me to, okay, what God wants in my spirit and my body and that kind of thing. You can become a Christian in a moment, but not a mature Christian. Christ can enter, cleanse, and forgive you in a matter of seconds, but it will take much longer for your character to be transformed and molded to his will. It only takes a few minutes for a bride and groom to become married, but it's the rough and tumble of their home and relationship life over years of time that will see those two come together and be a strong couple. Right? And so when we received Christ... There's a moment of commitment, and that's important, but there's a lifetime of adjustment. There's a lifetime of harnessing and training and so on, and we're going to talk about that next. In Ephesians 4, I want to present this idea of a training mentality versus a trying mentality. And in Ephesians 4, there's a lot of scripture here, but I'll just touch on some it talks about some of the things that Paul is saying. Again, this is from, from Paul write, Paul's writing, his letters. And um, he talks about the fact that our body and, and how we're to operate um, and how we're to work within each other is to, is to uh, be something we're working at. In verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope to which you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over and through all and in all. I no longer want you to be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every kind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become Every respect, in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body is joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does his work. He goes on, do not live the way that you used to live. Change the way that you live, I'm paraphrasing here. And, and, and he moves on. And as I have taught you and as you have learned... Live in accordance with the truth that is Jesus. You were taught with regard to your formal way of life. Put off the old self, put on the new self, which is being uh, corrupted in its deceit, sorry, the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and were to be made new in the attitude of our minds, and to put on new self, created to be like Christ in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so that's a lot of Scripture. But... There's this idea that we read in Scripture that we come to a point of recognizing who God is and we commit our life to that. Now there is a process of training. And and this idea, think about this process of growth. It's going to take time, okay? And that's the idea of training versus trying. It's a process. Um, If you were to think of a um, a marathon, let's just say, and there might be some marathon runners in here, and someone said, hey, I'm doing a marathon in the fall, uh, would you like to join me? And you might say, whoa, okay, that sounds great, but uh, right now, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. And so if I make that decision, I need to also make the decision to do some training. I better start eating right, maybe I need to lose some weight, start running, start doing some exercise, getting ready. I'm training for that. Now, the other approach you might have is, oh, that sounds cool. I'll put that in my calendar. And then week months go by, and now it's October, and it's a week before the, the race. It's like, oh, don't forget. You know, your friend says, don't forget we're doing that marathon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, okay, well, jeepers, I haven't done any training. But I'll, I'll give it a try. And we know how well that's going to go. Now, maybe you are the pitcher of, you know, health and physical vitality and so you can just get up and run a marathon any anytime but that's not my story that's not most of our story so you can imagine the trying method is oh yeah i'll give that a try and you're going to get to the first you know area where maybe you won't even get to the first area where they're handing out water and that's it like can i get a lawn chair i need to sit down and so when you start to think of it that way one of the challenges is for a number of folks sometimes it's like okay i I know that God loves me, and I'm going to make that decision, and then I just go on and just keep doing my life normal. And I'll, you know, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Paul says, no, no. We, we accept Christ, and then we go into training, because we're called to do work and to minister. We're, we're to be ministers of reconciliation with other people and with this world, and there's work to be done, and it's hard work, and you need to train yourself. And we've been talking lots about how we need to train our will and train our, our minds and, and, and all of these things that need to happen as a part of loving God. It's a process. You don't go from, you know, I'm an I'm a accepted Jesus to I'm a seasoned, mature believer that's able to get out there and do all the things that we need to do. And we need to accept this attitude of growth. Growth. Some of us have just been trying to live the Christian life. You need to start doing some training, and we're going to talk about what some of those things are. Trying is this idea of dabbling in things, or taking a shot at it, or it's short-term attitude. And we'll see, maybe I'll give it a try. We're not pursuing it. We're not really investing in making the decisions that need to come with that where training involves planning, preparation, dedication, and action, right, so training is a big part of that, and we need to practice growth, right, we need to practice growth, and and Paul talks about in that passage, we need to be about doing the things, we need to be maturing, and we'll get into a a little bit of that and what that looks like, but we need to adopt what the, what the certain habits and disciplines are that we understand from Scripture, and we need to make them part of our daily lives. Right? And so we're, we're using our energy, we're harnessing our energy, we're redeeming our energy for God's work in, in our lives and in the kingdom work here on earth and with our friends and our family and so on. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Training is required. The next thing we want to talk about is this idea that hopefully our lives move from reaction, which is kind of part of that old self and, and, and how we selfishly might react uh, or react because we haven't really created these disciplines and these practices in our life, and we want to move to a spiritual or a redeemed response to things in our life. So if you think about someone cutting you off uh, on, on the road, what is our reaction, or what is our natural reaction to that, uh, whether it's, who knows what that might be. But we want to move that into a redeemed response. Right? We want to adjust our behavior. And the goal is that as we start to practice the redeemed response in the way that we behave, and in our life, in, in our bodies, and these kinds of things, which is, again, part of our spirit, we start to create habits, right? So when all of a sudden something happens in your life that's unfortunate or that you weren't prepared for necessarily, instead of reacting selfishly, we respond in a redeemed way, the way that God wants us to respond. Don't underestimate the grip of habits, and particularly old ingrained habits that... Perhaps we need to identify and deal away with. We are habitual people, and we need to form habits of proper response in terms of how we behave and how we act. We need to change habits, but this is hard, um, and uh, habits get very deeply rooted, as as we're all very aware of. And it's going to take training to change our habits. A new way of life must be committed to and performed over and over and over again. And then it will become a habit. So these things take time. It's a growth process. It's training. I, I can't just go and run a marathon today, but in six months, with the work and the investment, harnessing my energy and my spirit towards that goal, I could do it. You could do it, right? We require commitment to develop these new habits, new thinking and new physical with our body behaviors and practices. There's the principle of replacement, so let's talk about that. Um, in verse 25 and 30 to 32 of the same passage, it uh, talks about putting off the falsehood, putting off and putting on, and it's this off and on and so there's this idea of replacing. So where you want to stop doing something, it's easier if you stop doing something and replace it with something else. And so if we think of our old life, this idea of we're going to not respond or react that way or behave that way, and instead I'm going to behave and respond this way. And we work at that. And, and to be fair, uh, this this is you're going to need some help. I'm not training for a marathon without calling someone who knows what they're doing, understands the kind of things I need to do to get myself ready for that. And this is where others come into, come into place here in our lives, where it's like, okay, here's where I want to be. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to harness my, my spirit and my body to do what God's called me to do, to live righteously. I need help with that. You're along further in the journey. How would you get there? Can you help me with that? And we replace with the proper things that we need to put on. We put off the old and on. Here's, here's a couple just simple illustrations. Uh, falsehood, so telling lies or not speaking the truth. Instead, we will make a commitment to speak the truth, and we'll have someone keep us accountable to that. Instead of reacting in anger to the point where we're actually sinning in our anger... We will, instead of letting it get there, we'll decide to address issues quickly. We'll address those. Maybe have someone help us address that and work that through and do that instead of just allowing our anger to build up and get the better of us. Things like stealing, however that may look. Instead, we're going to not do that. We're going to be useful with our hands. Instead of using our hands for bad, we'll use our hands for good. Unwholesome talk. Unwholesome talk. Instead of, you know, being bitter and, you know, talking about other people, these kinds of things, gossip and so on. Instead, we're going to use that skill to build others up and encourage, right? You got the gift of gab, then let's build others up and let's do that. Bitterness and rage, let's replace with kindness, compassion and forgiveness. These things don't happen Overnight, right? It's gonna take training. It's gonna take time, and part of the uh, part of this is using these listening posts. I've mentioned this before. How do we how do we identify and change the habits? Well, first of all, you make that commitment that I'm gonna run the race. Um, then I need to place my life up up against Scripture. What, what are the things, what is the goal? What do I need, what does maturity look like in, in my life as a believer? And then I'm going to develop the discipline of, of solitude and silence and, met, you know, trying to understand those things and then start putting it into practice with the help of other people, trusted Christian friends and so on. And then take some risks, some faith risks, if you will. Go and start doing some ministry, go and start sharing the gospel, go and do and serve in accordance with your gifts, and so on. And so we need to be thinking training, not trying. And for many of us, we need to not just see, you know, Christianity is this thing I do on Sunday, and when other people are talking or leading me in worship, that's the only time I worship, or, you know, I pray because someone else is praying, and I just close my eyes and join in. You need to be about those things And figure out how they get intertwined into your life each and every day. You don't need five people with instruments to worship God. You can worship God in your bedroom, in your backyard, in your car, wherever you are. And we start to build these disciplines. We start to build these things. And we work through these. And we intertwine all this into our lives. So make a plan. Where do I need to change? Where do I need to grow? How do I need to harness my energy, bodily energy, spiritual energy to train myself to become mature to do the work. our second thing this morning is our bodies are god 's temple, and so we 're just going to talk about that for a few minutes and again, um, this idea of of body soul, spirit, they really in scripture are captured together more than they are apart and uh, in genesis one twenty six twenty seven uh, the, the verses are about God saying, let's us make man in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. So if we look at the image of God, and there's a lot of things we can talk about in terms of the image of God but God is both spirit and body and of course we see that lived out or represented in in jesus and so part of that image is that we have that spiritual and bodily element to us and uh, so to be human um to have a body does not mean that we're also uh, corrupt like we talk about the flesh and so on which obviously there's challenges there and sin there but it can be redeemed for god's work and so that's important Scripture does not elevate, you know, sort of the spiritual side of us over the bodily side of us. They're, they're both important for us to be aware of and to be thinking about in terms of how we operate. And thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit that will indwell us as believers, that works in tandem with our spirit as we harness our spirit and our body to represent Christ well. There is the future of our bodies, I won't go into this, but other than to say that we will always have bodies. So this idea that, you know, oh, bodies, okay, temporary. No, the body's important. God's created us to live forever with a body. Uh, And so there's passages, I won't read them this morning for time, but in 1 Corinthians 15, you can read about that, talks a little bit about that. But we will have a body forever. Um, Jesus had a a body. Um, Our body, again, needs to be Redeem. The physical part of us needs to be redeemed and, and work in tangent with the spiritual element of who we are. We need to reflect in our bodies, our outer self, the things that people can see and hear, uh, needs to reflect the inner change and the inner transformation of what's going on inside. And we need to think about how our behavior And our our reactions, which hopefully move to redeemed responses, um, represent what we say we believe, right? So hopefully we've formed those beliefs, we've formed those values, they're centered on Scripture. Now how we interact, how we use our bodies, including what we say and do, that that is in alignment with what we say we believe, and that's important. And Again, we have this Holy Spirit that comes and resides in us. So we are like a temple, uh, a temple that the Holy Spirit lives in. And, of course, there's all kinds of things that we think about as it relates to that. And we love God with how we create capacity within our bodies so that we can do the work that he's called us to do. And we've all, we don't have time today to go into this, but we all created, we're all created uniquely, we're all created with a purpose, general purpose, more specific purpose, and those things are seen through our our gifts, our skills, our personalities. And those are to be used to redeem the world, to impact. They're They're not for us, it's not about you. And so we should be maximizing our physical health so that we have the energy, the vitality to do the things that God's calling us to do. If you don't have energy because we're not looking after the temple, right, we're not maintaining this body, that's a problem. In the same way that if we didn't do any maintenance on this building, and we just let it go, and, oh, well, it doesn't really matter that much. The windows cracked or broken We'll just, doesn't matter, we'll let the elements in. You know, oh, foundation's cracked, Ah, doesn't matter. I mean, we just redid a whole bunch of drainage and waterproofing work on the foundation of our older part of this building. For that very reason, we need to maintain it so that we can continue to use it to do the work that God's called us to do. So we don't ignore it, and it was a lot of time and a lot of money and not very nice work. But we do it, and we make sure we maintain so we can move forward and maximize our ability, our capacity to do what God's called us to do. And if you don't know what God's called you to do, I mean, that's we can talk about that. We'd love to talk with you, but there's lots of things to help you figure out, okay, what are, what, 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 what should I be doing, and so on. There's lots of opportunities to get involved here, but we need to have the capacity to do that. So things like physical health matter, right? We need to be careful what we eat. I'm in the process of trying to lose some weight right now, and it's not fun. But I'm disciplining myself, and I'm doing that so that I have more energy. I'm going to be, hopefully, maybe alive longer. I, I'm less susceptible to, you know, diseases or other things like that if I can, if I can be more healthy. And eating uh, fat tastes good. Anyways, we need to consider how you know, we make sure that how we diet or eat and so on is important. Exercising is important. Finding ways to exercise our heart and our body and whatever that may be for us. And we're all in different places there. But there's ways for all of us to make sure that we're getting out and we're moving and we're being as healthy as we can to have the energy we need to do what God's called us to do. And then there's rest. Right There's hard work and there's rest. We see that in, in how Jesus performed. He would work hard and he would be with thousands of people and working day and day out with his disciples and he would say, let's get out of here for a little while. Let's get in a boat and just chill. We need some rest. You would see Jesus often getting away, spending time in prayer, spending time by himself in the garden. I mean, we have the picture of Jesus where he needs to take a nap, so he's asleep in the boat in the middle of the storm, right? Like, Jesus Jesus stopped and he rested. And we have the whole Sabbath principle and all that, which, again, we don't have time for today, but you need to have rhythm in your life, right? You need to make sure, and everybody's rhythm looks different, right? But we need to have those important things in our life. They need to be repeating in some form or another. might look different for some than others. Some of you need more sleep or... Some of you can work longer than others, depending, but we need to have that rhythm. That's important. Our bodies are to be bodies, or instruments, pardon me, of righteousness. And so there's this element that, too, we look at our bodies as the temple, and they should represent, as I said already, what we believe. And so if we believe what Scripture says, our bodies should operate in accordance with that. The things that we do, the things that we say, our behavior, how we interact with people, how we respond to people when we don't get the way, things the way we'd hoped they were going to go, when you go to the store and that product is still not in that you ordered a month ago, I had that this week, I was like, oh, I can't believe how long this is taking, and then I'm like, Steve, be careful how you respond when they come back from the storeroom and they don't have it in their hands because I represent you, Father. I need to respond properly. And it's not their fault. Right? It might not be anybody's fault. It just is. right? So how I respond. So I was actually preparing, training, whatever term you want to use there so that my response would be one of course I work in a Christian organization I have my name tag on everybody at the hardware store knows that I work at a Christian organization, so it's like, mm, great. More. Maybe that's what you all need to do. So I, I go to Lakeside Church. Maybe you need to wear that name tag around for a little while, and that'll help you represent us and God well. And even if you don't put the name tag on, just pretend it is. Because whether it's on or not, people associate you with God. And so how we work and interact and the things we say and do we are trying to redeem to the world who God is and right now there's a lot of not so great opinions of who God is or what Christianity is and we need to redeem that and that's going to start not with what we say mind you as much as how we behave and so instruments of righteousness um in 1 Corinthians 6 12 to 20, um, it talks about all kinds, you know, everything is beneficial, but not necessarily uh, should I do it. Um, it's not, um, sorry, everything's permissible, but not necessarily beneficial. And so that's important. We're to flee and, and get away from all the sin that entangles, and we are to live lives of righteousness. Again, Our body and how we live is mixed with the spirit, our spirit, which is hopefully controlled by the Holy Spirit. And as we plan and prepare and train, we are behaving in such a way that it reflects what we believe. Release your body to God. Say, you know what, this is yours. And maybe you've never done that. Here it is. Okay, now what? How do I make sure that it's healthy? How do I make sure that I'm doing everything I can with the help of the spirit to make this body in such a way that it can be used well right maintained like a building or a vehicle if you can if you if those things make sense to you so that it does the purpose of what it's intended no longer idolize the body and I, I don't know if that's a challenge for you or whatever that's like how I look or how the clothes fit or you know I don't know whatever style or hair or whatever, I've got to be a certain color with my tan. I don't know. Whatever it is that perhaps you're more focused on your body uh, in terms of what the world has to say is important about what our bodies look like and so on, then you need to give that over. Right? We need to think of our bodies as instruments for righteousness in God's kingdom, not these things that have to measure up with what the world says our bodies are to be like or sh- whatever that is right don't misuse your body right? and we all know we're all well informed we have a very robust public health uh, in this province in this country we've all gone to school you know the things that are not good for your body and you know the things that are stop ignoring that and start applying it. Right? And you know what those things are. I have those things. I'm dealing with those things. Let's not misuse our body. And then properly honor and care for your body. And if we were to go and read that scripture, it talks, to, talks about the fact that it's not ours now. We've, we've said, okay, this is a body that's to be used for God. So it's God's representation and God's for God's use. So... That's a lot in a short period of time, but hopefully we are training and maturing in our body and those things that we're doing in terms of response or representing what we believe, and then we're recognizing that this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God resides here, and how do I make sure that I have the capacity to do the things that God's called me to do? Our core truth this morning, our strength in our capacity or capacity to serve God with the passion and energy he has given us as bodily creatures in order to fulfill his call on our lives lovers of god bring their spirit and body under self-mastery in order to align all their efforts toward fulfilling god's purposes in their life biblically the body is the dwelling place of the holy spirit the body it's to be released to the Spirit's control and discipline so that our natural inclinations are brought in line with God's living. In our memory verse, Romans 12.1, we've talked about this uh, in some other uh, sermons earlier. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then some, some reflection questions: Have I committed my body to the Lord? I've committed myself or my life or my spirit. I've made that decision maybe, and maybe there's some of you that haven't yet, but if you have, but have you committed your body to the Lord?" And you go, "Oh that might have a little bit of a different perspective for you to think. Of, think about it from that way. What disciplines do I need to consider in regard to my body? Are there some things that I need to start doing, stop doing, keep doing? And what, what are they? Okay? And just to wrap up, I'm going to read this passage once again. Hopefully you guys have this memorized. Mark 12, 29 to 31. The most important one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater command than these father we thank you for the fact that we have bodies um amazing uh, our bodies are incredible um how they work and 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 how they are sustained and how we're alive and how we can have energy and how we can do things father may our bodies be redeemed Uh, Father, together with our spirit, may, may they work in tandem and as we harness the energy of our spirit and our bodies, may we be able to have the capacity to serve you, to love you, to praise you, to do the things you've called us to do. And so we just commit that to you. We pray that you would help us to continue to train, to really take seriously what it is I believe and how I need to start seeing that lived out every day in my, in my responses and in my actions and my behavior. And Father, may we uh, take serious uh, the care of our bodies. You have given them to us. We are now giving them back over to you to be used by you, and we need to make sure that they're as healthy as they can be as we are called to do what you've called us to do. So we commit that to you this morning, and we want to love you with our strength. And so we commit that to you in Jesus' name. Amen.